We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now tuned into the Knicks Film School podcast. I am not Jonathan Macri. I am not GMAC Andrew Claudio, nor am I the great Benji or DJ Zulo or Jeremy Cohen. Yes, if you are listening to this on the day that it dropped, today is Friday. So that would make me Mensa here with Sean and XJ for another episode of Casual Fridays. We are back. We are happy to be back. We're happy that you are happy that we are back because we know you're happy that we're back. So I'm going to start off really easy. Sean, how are you, my brother? And how was your summer? Well, it's good to see you you again, Mensa. Same for you, XJ. Uh, my summer was very busy. Um, as I said on study hall, uh, I just unplugged from the Knicks after game six. And after basketball was after the Nuggets won the title, I was just, I'm just going to unplug from, you know, the the NBA Twitter world for a while. And I traveled halfway across the world for weddings. I went to five of them this year. I uh, just came back from this weekend. So I have gotten all I've detoxed from basketball and now I'm ready to purify myself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka basketball once again for the next <laughs> seven to nine months. Elite reference, my friend. Elite reference. XJ, how are you, brother? Yo, it is good to see you guys. I'm so happy to be back on Casual Friday, vibing with the crew. Um, this summer, I didn't. I mean, I didn't do that much. I wish I went on a wedding tour like Sean did and traveled around the no, world. No, you don't, because it costs too much damn money. Yeah. Uh, that's 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 another thing. But <laughs> I wish I did it and Sean paid for it. How about that? <laughs> uh, which would make no sense. But my summer was good. I did a little bit of traveling, went out to the West Coast a little bit. You know, it was cool. It was pretty chill. For the most part, um, I just sweated my butt off over here in hot ass Florida, uh, where every day it was the feels like was 110, 115. So, you know, that that's that's kind of how I spent my summer, just like sheltering indoors from the heat. Um, but I'm happy. It's chill now. It's about like 75 outside and it's beautiful. And you know what that means? It means it's basketball season. So I'm ready to go. Some of us are very lucky that on October 12th, 
it could be 75 degrees outside and we're not like worried that the climate is going to hell. Uh, I paid <laughs> for it in New York. <laughs> I paid for it with the summer though. I got to say I paid for it. Yeah. I heard. Yeah. Florida summers are legendary and not for good reasons. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm happy to hear you guys had good summers. Uh, XJ, yours was, yours was a little sweatier than I'm sure you would have liked. Uh, Sean, yours was a little more expensive than you would have liked, but it sounds like <laughs> it was, it was relaxing and good. Um, my summer for us, uh, for me, um, I did a lot of work. Um, I'm a sports junkie 24 seven. So it was, this summer was hard because the Mets weren't good and the Yankees weren't much better. So New York baseball took a season off. Um, football, we'll just not talk about football. We don't need to do that. Um, unless you're like, uh, Sean, who is a Ravens fan or maybe root for the Steelers or any team who doesn't play in the, um, the tri-state area. Or yeah, like you, me and you're a Dolphins fan. Oh, or I forgot XJ's a Dolphins fan, man. Congratulations, brother. Looking <laughs> like a good season. Um, I like to enjoy sports and I like to see people that I like enjoy sports. So I'm vicariously living through you. Um, but as for me, uh, maybe we'll try again next year. Um, and I'll probably have my chest boasted and everything the way I normally do for all my teams. But the team we're here to talk about today is the New York Knicks. It is the preseason. We had one game underway. Um, I was very encouraged by it. RJ Barrett was nine for nine from the free throw line. That's all I needed to see. Jalen Brunson in five and a half minutes gave the Boston Celtics B team a whole lot of work. And that's what you want to see when you have a player who is a star in this league. You want to see when he's playing against scrubs that he makes it look like you guys don't belong on the court with me. So that's all we needed to see there. Mitchell Robinson looks like he's in mid, uh, midseason form. And the other guys, uh, Manuel quickly looked great. Love how Dante Givincenzo looked. But we are not here to give you guys a recap of preseason game one because that's not fun. What we do on Casual Fridays is all about the fun, which means we are here to give you guys the scathing hot takes that you enjoy that so delicious. You love them. You love them. You love them. So... We each have prepared for you guys two takes that we are ready to stand on. The hill that we are ready to proverbially die on this season. I have two, XJ has two, and Sean has two. So without further ado, XJ, can we have your first hot take of the season? All right. It is a new season, 23-24 season. I'm coming out the gates on fire Casual Friday, first casual Friday of the season. My big prediction, my my hill I'm ready to die on. Tibbs. Coach Tom Thibodeau will win coach of the year. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> it is hot. Why did I wear sweaters in this? <laughs> All right. So let me give my justification. And honestly. Sean, you, I feel like you want to say something. You're, you're, you're miming into the mic right now. No, I'm not going to say. I'm here to listen. Go right ahead, brother. <laughs> All right. Listen. Uh, and honestly, this is inspired by you, Mensa. Uh, you tweeted out. I saw I don't know if it was earlier today or yesterday. You tweeted out this fact that um, you said Jalen Brunson was ranked 32nd and Julius Randle was ranked 45th on the ESPN Top 100 rankings. And then you said the other teams to make it to the second round of the playoffs, Miami, Golden State, Lakers, Boston, Philly, Denver, Phoenix, all seven have at least one player in the top 15 of the same rankings. A very Indeed. astute observation. And then you follow it up by saying exactly what came to my mind. So if the Knicks have zero top 30 players, but won a playoff series, is it our coach that's elite? Now, 
I'm not saying I think our coach is elite necessarily, but <laughs> a bridge but, too far. <laughs> I will say that clearly ESPN and these other media companies, their top lists continuously rank the Knicks players towards the bottom. Um, and I'm going to follow it up. Bleacher Report had Josh Hart at 99, RJ Barrett at 91, Randall at 55, Brunson at 36. I don't even know why you bring. A, I don't even know why you bring a Bleach Report as a credible news organization when it comes to the Knicks. <laughs> I don't think ESPN is credible either, honestly. Right when it comes to this conversation, so um, another. I don't know how you feel about this credibility, but another popular list that I saw going around: Hoop Type had RJ at sixty-eight, Randall at fifty-two, Brunson at thirty-four, as well 34. as as well as their twelfth best point guard is how they is how they rank Brunson. And then, as you mentioned, Mensa, uh, you know, you talked about ESPN. ESPN had Mitch at 100, quickly at 92, Josh Hart at 91, RJ at 71, Randall at 45, and Brunson at 32. So, according to these lists, the Knicks players are not very good. <laughs> we don't have very good players. So, by process of elimination, how are we going to win 50 plus games this year, which we almost certainly will? Could who knows what the, the the sky's the limit for the Knicks this season? Wherever they end up, it's going to look like we got these crappy players that n- couldn't crack the top thirty. A lot of them couldn't even crack the top one hundred. By process of elimination, the success must be attributed to their coach. I think that a lot of the voters are going to look at this team. I think a lot of the voters think similarly to how these media companies, sports media companies, think. They think the Knicks don't have very good players. And they're going to be like, how do we explain it? We can't. I guess it's on Tibbs. Tibbs, coach of the year. That's my big prediction. Okay, you're buying the magic in the work. I like it. I like it. And I don't think it's too far off. Um, Especially considering Jalen Brunson is not a top 30 player in basketball. Like that, like consensus by these big guys. And so I guess if that's where they're standing now, when the Knicks are at the top of the Eastern Conference at the end of the season, they're going to have nothing else but to say uh, uh, either, oh, Jalen Brunson came out of nowhere. We didn't see it coming. Or they're going to have to give Tom Thibodeau that coach of the year because they don't value our players. Sean, any thoughts? So everything that you guys are saying makes sense. Um, however, as we have learned when it comes to voting on awards, sense goes out of the window. Because you're right. If all of our players aren't any aren't that good, you know, because the Knicks are the only team I know in NBA history to have a player make all NBA that's considered the 35th best player in the league on, on his best day. 100%. But, but <laughs> crazy. Two and, and, all and, NBAs. And ESPN had Mitch at 100 and Jared Allen at 50. And after we insanity, thought, whatever, that's listen. Like I said, shout out to me and Hassan works every time. <laughs> um, so here's the thing for, for, for Tom Thibodeau to win coach. If Tom Thibodeau win coach of the year, this would be the third time he's won the award. So when you said this, I said, how many people have won this award three times? So I went and I looked up who's won this award three times. And it's Don Nelson, Pat Riley, uh, Greg Popovich. Now, the problem was Pat Riley won it in 1989-90 and 
and they he won three times, and all three times he won it, the the, the the lake he won actually three times with three different teams. I'm pretty sure he's the only guy to ever do it. But all three of those teams won sixty games. The Popovich wanted three times. He wanted in where it was. It was just right here. And now it wants to go hiding. Uh, oh, here it is. He wanted in 03. You wanted 2012. You wanted 2014. Two of those seasons, 60 games. Another season, they went 50 and 16, but that was 2011 and 12. So that was a, that was a lockout short season. So that, uh, that equates to 61 season. And two of those seasons, they won the championship. Now, Don Nelson. Never won a championship. He won in 83. He won in 85. He won in 92. And those records were 51-31 with the Bucs, 59-23 with the Bucs again, and then 55-27 and with the run TMC Warriors. So I just don't – what you're saying makes sense. It's just that I just don't see – because I remember the last time he won it, they are like, this dude didn't even have like a, a win percentage that equaled like 50 wins, but he won. And also, you and I know, and some people disagree, that there is a Knicks tax that we have been over fighting for. And the last thing these people want to do is give the Knicks any more accolades for the things that they've accomplished. So, listen, I'm with you in theory, because in theory, if this team wins 51 games and apparently all of our players suck, it should be the coaching job. But I just can't wait. I actually can't wait to see how the writers justify that one. I, I just want to say real quick, because I, I hear you, Sean. And I didn't realize that's a great fact that you pulled up about the three-time Coach of the Year award winners. Um, that does put a little dent in my, my case, because I think they're going to look at that. But I do want to say, while the these media company lists, and while maybe some of the writers think that the Knicks aren't very good, I, and I know the three of us, and also the impact metrics, all agree that the Knicks are very good. And I just want to say, in terms of organizing players into tiers of value, the impact metrics are definitely better than all of these media companies and writers. Last year had Randall at um, had Randall, Mitch, Quickly, Brunson, Hart, and Grimes all within the top eighty, and every single one of them, almost every single one of them, was ranked higher than any of these ranking lists had them. So I don't think the Knicks players are bad. I think these writers don't really know what they're talking about when it comes to ranking players accurately, or if there's some Knicks tax going on. But either way, uh, I, I don't agree with it. I just wanted to clarify that. No, fair enough. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Um, I do think that, like, look, Tom Thibodeau is not Pat Riley. He's not Greg Popovich. But he could be Don Nelson. <laughs> that that one is not <laughs> that one is not one I'm too I'm too worried about. Sean, uh, what's your take? All right, so this takes actually somewhat related to um, who Tom Thibodeau is and how he approaches the season. And my take is that the New York Knicks are going to win the first ever play-in tournament. And the reason I say I that... I think you mean the, the in-season tournament. It's, yes, the in-season tournament. We Hopefully don't they win don't the win the play-in tournament. tournament. Yeah, we yeah, don't want to play-in tournament. That would the be the Atlanta will, Hawks. Play-in tournament will. all-stars. <laughs> Not the Knicks. I'm sorry. Great moniker for Yo, the Hawks. Oh my goodness! Listen, I've been said it. He's the king of the plan, but let's see the here nor there. Uh, king of New York, king of the plan. Uh, look, we have a head coach that takes every single regular season game seriously. Like he wants to win every single game. We have arguably no. I said this four through ten. The Knicks four through ten is as is second to none. So when you have this really deep team, um, 
with really good players with a coach that wants to win every game. Like, listen, I can totally see the Bucks who are in our group saying, you know what? We have bigger fish to fry. And that's the only team we really got to worry about. Because uh, basically, if you don't finish, if you don't win your group, it's, 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 it, then, it's, then it's like tiebreakers, like the World Cup and da da da. da. So, like, you kind of want to win your group. And I can see Milwaukee saying, like, F this. We're trying to win a championship. Um, so that's number one. And number two, the other reason why I believe it is so basically, uh, the way to, if you disguise a tournament as a regular season game for Tom Thibodeau, he's going to go after it hard because he's not thinking about the cup. He's thinking about, well, there's a game in front of me. I might as well win it. The second thing is it would be absolutely perfect for banter and narratives and genders for the Knicks to be the first in-season tournament champions. And you know the narratives and the banter and the BS would fly and all oh, this doesn't count. And that, listen, we have people that downplay the Lakers championship. <laughs> we have people that downplay the Bucks championship. Could you imagine this? Oh, my God. It's going to be like, see, we told you this didn't matter. The Knicks wanted. Nobody cares. So that's my, I will, the Knicks are going to win it. And I believe that so much. And I'm pretty sure I bet this at like 20, I believe it's 22 to one. Yes. The Knicks are 22 to one to win. Yes. 22 to one to win the uh, in-season tournament. I like those odds. I like those odds a lot. And I like the way you're thinking there because you're right. Tom Thibodeau cares a lot about the regular season a lot more than teams like I think Boston will care or teams like Milwaukee, who's in our division, because, yeah, their players are on the other side of 30. They've been in enough regular seasons. They don't value it as much as our guys do a younger team. Um, still, I, I think we still have the youngest team. And uh, as far as playoff rotations went, we had the youngest playoff rotation of basketball return. All those players except for Obi Toppin. And then on top of that, the Knicks are good. We are a good team that values the regular season. And I think that's what's most important here is that the New York Knicks are a good team and teams are going to have to come see us. We're the only team. Like, I don't know if we're the only team, but we swept Denver last year in the regular season because that's how much we care about the regular season. Uh, XJ, you have a take on this one? No, I, th- I think that's a great call. I didn't even think about that because I think that, yeah, the Knicks are going to care about this play in tournament as much as they do about the playoffs because Tibbs cares about the regular season as much as he does about the playoffs. Like they're all, they're all games to win and he's going to want to win them all. So definitely the Knicks are going to be fighting, scrapping and clawing. Josh Hart's going to be flying all around and the other teams are going to be like, what the hell is it? Is it November or what, what month is it? <laughs> is it, is it May or is it November? So um, I think that's a good call. I could definitely see that happening. I will do and- one quick correction. Um, so we don't have to worry about Boston cause they're not in our group. So our group is is Milwaukee, Miami, Washington, Charlotte. Like I said, Milwaukee is I can see them not giving a rat's ass. Uh, Miami, listen, Jimmy told you he doesn't care about the regular season after the All Star break. Now Washington and Charlotte, you know, Charlotte ended our ten game winning streak last year, but they're Charlotte and Washington. Listen, we'll win that game one forty five, one forty three, um, and Jordan Poole <laughs> will have. Forty-six points for no reason, but listen, they can get out of this group, and if they get out of this group, anything can happen. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I think that the New York Knicks are as good a shot as any team in that division to win, especially because, like, look, Miami, they didn't get Dame, but they already have this one random dude who's like a two K avatar who's having a great preseason so far. 
I forgot his name already, but I'm pretty sure he's going to remind me when he hits a dagger three against the New York Knicks in the regular season this year. But yeah, no, I love that take. I love that a lot. Um, mine is a little different. Same Knicks winning oriented, um, kind of in the same vein as you guys here. Because if the New York Knicks win the uh, the Commissioner's Cup, I think is what the name of the tournament is, then Tom Thibodeau will be a shoe in for well, an early front runner for the um, Coach of the Year award, especially if everybody's undervaluing the Knicks. But where I am with my first take is that I believe that game one of the New York Knicks 2023-2024 playoff run will start at Madison Square Garden. I believe the New York Knicks are the first playoff series. I think they're going to have one of those top four seeds. I know Philly's there. I know everybody's afraid of Big Bad Miami. I know everybody's afraid of Milwaukee and Boston, but I like our guys. And it's backed up by the fact that from December 4th on, the New York Knicks played at a 51-win pace. December 4th is when Evan Fournier supplanted, I'm sorry, when Quentin Grimes supplanted Evan Fournier in the starting lineup. Deuce McBride came in and the New York Knicks went to a team that we got rid of some of the players who were holding us back defensively and Evan Fournier and uh, Derek Rose as far as the rotation went. And we decided that we're going to lock in on Tom Thibodeau basketball. And I think from that point on, we were 12th, either 12th or 17th. But uh, Macri had spoke about like what separated us from uh, like a more middle of the pack team was one uh, point in defensive rating. So the Knicks were a good defensive team from that point on. After the Josh Hart edition, the Knicks were playing at like a 55, 56 win pace. And that's with, um, as GMAC likes to call it, um, LA Fitness Week involved where nobody was playing. So I think the New York Knicks are a really good team. I think they showed us they're a really good team. And I think unlike teams like Philadelphia, who has the James Harden situation, unlike a team like Boston, that's probably going to spend some time gelling, lose some players, uh, lose more players to injury and load management as far as like a Drew Holiday, who's in his uh, getting up there in his mid-30s, Chris Tash Porzingis, who's never been um, seen as healthy. Even uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, once you have the two Js, you're going to be a good team. But I don't think that there are four teams in the Eastern Conference that will have a better regular season record than the New York Knicks. And game one of our playoff run will start at Madison Square Garden. I, I, I'm fully on board with that. Like, I have no qualms about saying that. I, I, I would be, I'll say it this way. I would be more surprised if they don't host the first game of the playoffs than if they didn't. That, that's how I feel about the Knicks team. Because... I mean, I will say, okay, it depends to me on what happens with Harden. I think that does matter, unfortunately, for this season. Um, if Harden goes to Miami, let's say, I think that'll be harder for, <laughs> for, yeah. for us to grab that four seed. But after Boston, Milwaukee, Cleveland-ish, I think the Knicks are there. I think that's, I think that's the Knicks spot. Um, and I think they could even battle out with Cleveland for, for three. So I, I love the take. Sean, so anything from you? Let me ask you this. So for them to hold a playoff game, that means they have to be a top four seed. Yes. Of Boston, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Philly, who did Knicks finish over? Philly. You said Boston, Milwaukee, Cleveland. Cleveland yeah, Philly. I, think, I, I think Philly easily. Um, and honestly, I do think that I think the Eastern Conference is going to go. I think we're going to have a better regular season than uh, than Boston. I do. I think so. I think Boston is going to maybe catch fire down the stretch of things. Um, can I see Boston with the five seed though? No, that'd be terrible. Um, let's go Cleveland. I think, I think the safe take here is Cleveland. I think any of them, honestly, I could see a situation where 
all four, well, not all four of those teams, but I can see us placing ahead of Philly without a doubt. I can see us placing ahead of Milwaukee because of health. They're not a healthy team. I could see one injury derailing Boston season because they're not, they're also not that healthy unless you think that Sam Hauser is going to step in for Jalen Brown and be the best basketball player since sliced bread. I don't know. But um, I think that I just believe in the Knicks so much. I believe in our steadiness. I believe in our coach. I believe, which is a far cry for me to say that. And I think that all of our players are ascending, you know, like, Emmanuel quickly is young. He's on the other side. He's on the good side of 25. You know, RJ Barrett, still 23 years old. Quentin Grimes, 23 years old. These are young basketball players. I think Mitchell Robinson is 25, you know, and he's been on the team for six years. These guys are hitting their stride. And I think we have to believe in them. And I think that, well, we don't have to do anything, but I think that part of the fan experience is not only just believing in your team, but believing the trends of things, you know, like young players improve. That is a trend in all of sports. You get better as you age uh, past. Well, not as you know what I mean? Before like 28, like he, there, none of these guys are in their physical prime yet. And I think that we can, we can expect them to improve. I think we can expect Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart and DiVincenzo and Julius Randle to be steady as ever while the young guys improve and raise the ceiling of this team. So I like our team. I like what we saw. I like what I saw last year. And I'm very encouraged by all of our young players. And I think that they are going to put in the work and have a top four seed, whether that's over Cleveland. Well, I think for sure it's going to be over Philadelphia, but there's a chance they can get that three seed. I know that top three is really tough with Boston, Milwaukee and Cleveland. I really can't sit here and convince myself that we're going to be better than any of those three teams, but Philly for sure. Philly's headed for a disaster season, I think. I, I, I agree with all that, honestly. And I just want to say really quick to your point about these other teams, Boston, Milwaukee, potentially experiencing injury issues because they have older teams. They have guys with injury histories. The Knicks are built for the regular season in that they're built to withstand pretty much any injury. Um, the only injury they probably won't be able to withstand is like a Julius Randle injury because... Brunson goes down. Your best player goes down. Guess who you have replacing him? Emmanuel Quickly. Uh, and the Knicks honestly didn't lose much when Quickly started for Brunson last year. Grimes goes down. Who do you got? DiVincenzo subs in. Kind of do similar things. Barrett goes down. You have Josh Hart. Um, Robinson goes down. You have Isaiah Hardenstein. I mean, we're built to sustain pretty much any injury to a starter or a sub besides Julius Randle. So um, I think that's a great point about regular season, Knicks durability versus some of these other teams that might sustain injuries. That's a great point. And I think we saw that last year because I remember when Mitchell Robinson got injured, we were like, all right, the other shoe is going to drop. The other shoe never dropped. It never we happened. Lost, we lost everybody for, for a while there, except for Julius Randle. And I think that we can count on Julius Randle to give us 70 plus basketball games. So yeah, I think that we saw that already. We saw that the New York Knicks are a durable team. And when they have a guy go down, the next man up is the mentality in the locker room. So yeah, I'm really happy with that. XJ. You gave us your your first hot take of the season. So, Sean, we're going to go to you again for your second take that is going to burn my eyebrows off. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. So, the reason why my mouth was agape when XJ, XJ gave his take is because my second take is related to that, but somewhat in reverse. So, my take is that this will be the last full season that Tom Thibodeau is head coach of the New York Knickerbockers. Oh, <laughs> wow. Now, that is I'm not indeed saying- a hot one. Now, I'm not saying he's not going to finish the season, but this will be the last full season because, to your point, we have a really deep team. The Knicks are good. They're built for the regular season. They will probably win somewhere between 47 and 49 to 52 games. We've seen teams without true superstars, win 50-plus games. I, those those post-Mellow Hornet uh, Nuggets, excuse me, I think they won 57 games with Ty Lawson as their, as their go-to guy. The problem is you get to the playoffs, and twice we have seen the offense, offense bogged down in the mud. I believe someone on uh-huh. this panel who Stan Marshall not mention called the offense a rat fake. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who that could be. I have no idea who would, who would say something like that. But my concern, and shout out to uh, Benji and uh, DJ, I I submitted a question on their uh, on their live stream on Wednesday night, and I said to them, you know, I said like, when if and when the Knicks trade for the true superstar, does the offense change or stay the same? And I feel as if Tom Thibodeau is going to just ride this offense. Which, you know, I said it was ISO heavy. It's not really ISO heavy, but it's more along the lines of you get a mismatch and then you try to take advantage of the mismatch, even though when, even when it might not be a mismatch. Hi, Julius, says Bam at a bio. Um, but my fear this season, my fear, I'm not making this a hot take. My fear is that the Knicks 
are a top four seed, maybe a top three seed, get to the playoffs, and then the offense bogs down and they don't get out of the first round. That's my fear. And at that point, it's going to be, all right, this is three times in a row where you try this shit and you got and you try the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And then if the star trade happens, like once the star trade happens, everyone was on the clock. Leo's on the clock. Tom's on the clock. Rosas is on the clock. Juice, everyone's on the clock. And if things don't go the way we want it to go the following season or Mr. The, the chairman of the Madison Square Garden Company after the playoffs, they get bounced in the first round, may just say, you know what? I think I've had enough of him. Because who gets you here may not get you there. And I will give Tom Thibodeau all the credit in the world for getting us here until the Tom Thibodeau haters out there. And I can't believe I'm defending Tom Thibodeau because I'm not his biggest fan. But to the people that act like he's Butch Beard, it's like, well, because he's gotten us to this point. Well, you know what? There's 20 years of coaches that couldn't get us to this point, right? But I think this is his last full season. Unless he, unless he goes full Mike Budenholzer in, 2020, in the 2021 finals, I think this is it for him. Wow, that is that is that is that's a take. Yeah, um very reasonable take because we've seen it time and time again where a good coach gets a team to a place and they plateau and then they bring in another guy to get them to the next level. Um I just think that with Tom Thibodeau specifically, this is this is his dream job, you know, and we've seen rent do tips before and I think that Tom Thibodeau, even though, yeah, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but I think that there's maybe even another level for Tom Thibodeau. XJ, how do you feel about this take? I love the take. Sean keeps making takes that I'm just like, what? And then I'm like, damn, that's a good point. Like, <laughs> 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 so I, I love the take and, and, and how he supported it. I will say, I, I believe in rent due tips to an extent, but I guess rent ain't due in the playoffs, right? Like it's just like oh, it was not due. <laughs> it was a rent Quentin had all the money apparently. The rent was due, <laughs> and he got evicted. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's your prediction, essentially. <laughs> like rent's gonna come due, and they're gonna be like, "Damn, Tibbs, I'm sorry, man. We you did this three times already. You got to go, dude." Like, so I I like the take. I can imagine. Imagine a world where it happens based on the explanation that you gave. I don't think it's going to happen because I think they're going to, I just don't think Leon Rose is going to make that move. Right? Like, so if I was Leon Rose, would I make that move? Yeah. I'd be like, okay, I've seen enough. You're not elevating this team. When you get to the playoffs, you, you give us a great, really, really high floor. You're not getting our ceiling where it needs to be. I need somebody who is going to take our ceiling to where it can go. Like, that's what I would do. I, I view it that way. I don't think Rose is going to do it. I think Rose is going to say, Okay, you weren't you didn't have the right pieces. We're gonna make that star trade. Now you have the star. We're gonna let you try it for the fourth time. <laughs> That's what I think is gonna happen. But I could totally see it going the way that you explained it. So I like the take. Yeah, no, I again I think it's a great take. Um, it's a thought-provoking take. I think it's our most thought-provoking take yet. So XJ, I'm gonna let you go last because you went first on the next round. So I'm gonna jump in here with my second take, which is the most on-brand take for me. RJ Barrett is going to enter the all t- all star discussion this season. Ooh, yes, sir. Wow. RJ Barrett. 
Oh, these are some hot takes. <laughs> and and here, here's my reasoning. I believe that the path for productive basketball for RJ Barrett might be easier than it is for any young player in the NBA. All we need RJ Barrett to do in order for him to be a productive, high-level two-way wing from where he is right now, we need him to give effort on defense consistently. I don't think that's too much to ask for, especially when you have dogs behind you and DiVincenzo and Grimes and um, Josh Hart who are looking for minutes and will defend. We need him to hit wide open three-pointers. We don't need him to create shots off the dribble. We don't need any of that. We need RJ Barrett to when the ball is swung his way and there's no defender within three feet of him to make those shots at a decent clip. We also need RJ Barrett, and this is the last one that I think that we're starting to see more than anything else, is we need RJ Barrett to take two less, maybe not two less, one less bad layup attempt and pass that ball out. Because the skill that R.J. Barrett has had since he got into the NBA is his ability to get into the paint. What happens when he gets in the paint is what has kept him from being productive. We are seeing now, like the most encouraging play that I saw in game one of the preseason was when he got to the paint and he sprayed it to Jalen Brunson, who was in the right corner, and Brunson knocked it down. Because Brunson is a great three-point shooter. And sometimes... Passing the ball to a great three-point shooter is better than going up the chest of three defenders. And I think R.J. Barrett is starting to find religion. And I think that this year we're finally going to see R.J. Barrett turn the corner and turn the corner for him because it's so simple. It's not like we need, it's not like we need him to develop an, a dribble game or a mid-range game. or any, We don't need any of that. All we need R.J. Barrett to do is hit open shots, defend, and pass the ball when he gets into the paint. And I think he's going to start to do all that at a high clip this year and enter the all-star discussion. He may not be an all-star this year, but I think this is the year that RJ Barrett finally gives people like me who've been believing in him since day one, a whole lot to puff our chest out about. If RJ enters the all-star conversation this year, then the Knicks might win 60 games like that. Like is that easy? Yeah. Yeah, the Knicks were really good and RJ was holding us back. Yeah. Imagine, imagine if he's an all-star. Wow. That'd be incredible. That'd be incredible. Yeah. And I, and, and I see your point. Like there are real subtle things that RJ needs to do and improve on that could completely change his impact as a player. And you mentioned it. It's like, instead of taking two, one or two bad layups to get layup attempts in a game, spray it out to an open three point shooter. And now we have better shooters on the team. Brunson's an incredible catch and shoot shooter, which people don't like realize. Brunson was ridiculous at spot ups. Um, just pass it out to those guys. <laughs> now, you're not only do you have an assist, but like you have an impact producing play and on one, one less field goal attempt <laughs> and one you less know? field goal. So you're it, it's right there. It's compounding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally it's compounding. So like you're adding to your counting stats, you're adding to your impact. You're taking away some of the negatives that you were adding previously. And, you know, to me, the biggest thing, my biggest question mark for RJ is like his shooting. I don't I don't know if he's going to be able to get it up to like. 34%, like 30, 35%, let's say 34, 35. If he can do that, I'm with you in the conversation. If he can't do that, he's, he can still be a really impactful player, but I think he needs to do both of those things. Agreed. Agreed. Sean, how about you? Um, listen, Lord knows we've been saying for years, like if we could just get those um, going up his chest and get his shit boarded twice a game, three times a game out of his diet and 
turn those into I got fouled and go to the line and get free throws, it changes the whole game because he's averaged just a shade under 20 a game. And like I said, we, he would br- blow three layups a game. Um, listen, if RJ, we've been talking about the RJ leap for the longest. Um, if RJ, like you said, if RJ takes that leap, it, it, like the Knicks are the one seed if that happens. They're but the one seed. Can I ask you, is it a leap? <laughs> like, what are we asking for? We're not asking him to become SGA here. You know, we're just asking him again to leverage his ability to, he has two things that really work well for him. He's an accurate passer. He may not pass a lot, but when he does, he hits guys in the hands and he can collapse a defense. I'm not asking him to like, okay, I get it. Like the process changes a little bit, but is that like, oh my God, he developed a handle. Oh my God, he developed a post game. Like we're not asking him to develop brand new parts of his game. We're just asking him to make slightly different decisions here. that can impact a game like at a much higher level. I'll say this. So maybe leap is not the word, but so for example, Jason Tatum, amazing rookie year. And then he spent the next two seasons taking fadeaway 22 foot long twos because Kobe told him to, right? Because he's working out Kobe, right? And then he slow, then they slowly got through his head, stopped doing that. And when he stopped doing that, he went up a level. So that maybe right. is maybe it's going up a level. But yeah, like once every every young player has their bad habits, for lack of a better phrase. And if he can just say like, like, listen, somebody and maybe it was his trainer whose name escapes me. Um, Drew Hanlon. He, Drew Hanlon. Drew Hanlon met up with him after game two of the Cavs series and they worked out. And maybe Drew was like, maybe Drew was like, hey, listen, just pass the ball weekend. <laughs> It's like somebody told him or maybe he knew all along, but it was like, all right, um, I got to do it this way. And then the other thing you said, which I find, find very interesting is for those who are watching um, on YouTube, I'm wearing a shirt of Tottenham Hotspur who are top of the Premier League, by the way. Thank you very much. Um, but it's often said that in, in, in world football, competition is everything like if you don't like you bring in somebody like you could have a really good starting 11 but you make sure you have someone behind you because obviously you can't play every single game and if you're not playing well this dude will take your spot rj if it's not now when because like you said mensa there are there are four people ready to yap his minutes four divincenzo will yap his minutes Hart will yap his minutes. Grimes will yap his minutes. IQ will yap his minutes. Like, if not now, like, the, like I hope you hear the footsteps behind you. So if, like, if all you have to do to keep them at bay is say, you know what? I'm not going to um try to avoid the contact when I'm going up and, 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 and get my shit punched into row Z, then he's, it's right there for him. All right. Go ahead. I'm just going to jump in real quick and just say, like, because I... I I love Sean's point. Um, and it was something like how I was thinking too about Jason Tatum. I think that like subtle decision-making changes for NBA players are really difficult. Like that feel like to us, like, yo, just fair, just throw it out. Just like, just pass it. Like, (laughs) why are you, what are you doing? Like we all look at it like, yo, this shit is super obvious, but I think for NBA players, they struggle to change to diverge from like what they do 
what they feel they do best and what they do naturally. Like Tatum with the mid, the middies. It's like, dude, stop doing, you would be like an MVP candidate. If you would stop doing that. <laughs> um, Trey young moving off ball. Like he can't play off ball. Like he can't, why just, you can catch and shoot, just move, just run around screens, do something like, don't just stand there. He can't do it. Like Randall, can you just give effort on defense? Like, why is it hard? I, I can't understand it. He must have people telling him this every single day of like for the last like three years of his life. And he doesn't do it. It's like, I just think these subtle changes that feel so easy and obvious to us for some reason, and I don't have an explanation for it. They're difficult for NBA players to like actually do. I have an explanation. Um, they've been doing it their entire life. Yep. And listen, That's there right are there. people, there are people my age who aren't in the NBA or who play professional sports that do the same dumb thing over and over and over. And everyone has told them, stop doing yep. this. Don't do this. But you know what? When you want to do it your way, because when to do it your way, it feels the best. And the true champions, and I don't mean people move rings on their finger, but the true champions are ones that realize like, hey, you know what? It's not about how it's not about how we get it done. It's about getting it done, and it, and it clicks for some players, and it clicks and doesn't click for others. So, you know, so we'll see. Hopefully, listen, RJ young enough for that, that it can click for him. Some player, some players, some people. Once you get that past certain point, you are just are who you are. Right, and I don't want to spend too much more time on this, but my whole thing is like this isn't like watching Frank Nilakina and say, please just dribble the basketball. You know, like this isn't like that, you know, it's not as, as a major a change. Like it's just, and I think we saw the positive reinforcement during that eight game sample size in the playoffs and even some more during FIBA where RJ Barrett kind of just, it feels like a light went off for him, but um, we don't have to spend any more time on RJ Barrett. I'm sure I will hijack this podcast many times this season to talk about RJ Barrett. <laughs> so XJ, let's get to your take, my friend. Yes, sir. So. Mensa, you made a, a great RJ Barrett take, said that was on brand. Speaking of on brand, uh, my, my second big prediction, Emmanuel Jalen Quickly will yes, get sir. his rightful crown as the sixth man of the year this year. Yes, sir. I it's like going it. to happen. It's going to happen. Um, and I will say, like, I don't think Quickly is going to start as much because for some reason... That is a negative for the sixth man to Complete sub garbage. in as the fifth man. <laughs> and that counts against his six man candidacy. I don't, I, I, part of doing the job description. Anyway, um, I think he won't start as much this year because not only last year did he start in games that, that uh, Brunson missed, but he also started in games that RJ missed. And I think this year, I think Dante may start for RJ or Grimes miss games, but IQ will close games. Um, so I think he won't start as much. And I do think we're going to see a leap for quickly so that he is undeniable, um, for, for, for the six man candidacy. And I think like acknowledging, of course, I always say this disclaimer, acknowledging that impact metrics are not nearly perfect. We can use the most reliable one EPM as let's say we just use that as a one number estimate of a player's value, at least like ballpark. Right. So quickly was a 2.3 the last two years in a row. Let's say he makes like a modest improvement. He's in season four. He's age 24. Like we can expect a modest improvement. Let's go from 2.3 to 2.6. So here are guys who are around 2.6 in APM and are not on rookie deals and are also like somewhat around Quickly's age. These are not like, this is not position specific. This is like any, any players. Michael Porter Jr., 25. His EPM was 
Brandon Ingram, 26. His EPM was 2.4. De'Aaron Fox, 25. His EPM was 2.8. Zach Levine, he's 28. His EPM was 2.8. Jalen Brown, 26. His EPM was 2.6. Now tell me if guys that are making impact along the lines of any of these guys, if those guys came off the bench, they would run away with the six man of the year award. Any of those guys, any one of those guys I just mentioned would absolutely run away with it. And I think quickly is going to produce value along the likes of, of each of those guys that I just mentioned. And I think it's going to be undeniable, whether it's via his scoring or via his defense, via his shooting, all of the above. Um, I think he's just going to be the sixth man of the year. And I don't think there's going to be much of a conversation about it. Can we just say that there wasn't a conversation about it last yeah, year? Yeah, that's a great and, point. And, and if, if he didn't, you know, skip all over Boston Garden and, you know, get a lot of people's um, underwear in a crawl, that maybe he would have been sixth man of the year. So I think the one thing that Emmanuel quickly, like, I don't care if he starts games or anything like that. Just don't, for the love of God, skip around Boston Garden. This no, F quick. that. Quick, <laughs> skip your ass around Boston. Skip, skip around the TD Bank Arena all you want. Even if it costs you another six man of the year, it's worth it. The TD Jakes Arena in Boston? Yes, the you can TD skip all around, the TD, all around the TD Jakes Arena. And, but the problem is then, well, listen, Watch when Peyton Pritchard automatically starts uh, climbing up the climb up the ladder. Um, oh, it's going to happen. You, you know it. Um, currently, uh, the according to a um, online sports book that I'm not going to name because they're not cutting any checks. Emmanuel quickly is the favorite for six man of the year plus eight fifty. Um, the favorite at plus eight fifty. I like he's that. the favorite. I like that a lot. Uh, <clears throat> now that's not the one hundred to one that he was, which I had a ten dollar bet on. So once again, I like to say. Fuck you to the city of Boston for costing me twelve hundred and fifty dollars. Insane. Norman Powell nine to one, Malik Monk twelve to one. The man we shall not speak of, who's no longer a Celtic, uh, is thirteen to one. Buddy Hill seventeen to one, and the person I'd actually throw some money on for this award is Chris Paul nineteen to one. Listen, as long as as long as Chris Paul as Chris Paul, as long as the man of Clue don't start too many games, he's going to be in the running for the award. So. No pushback from me. I, I, it, it should be his time. Hey, listen, sometimes uh, voters like to act like the Oscars and play catch up. You know, uh, Scorsese winning for The Departed, Al Pacino winning for Scent of a Woman, Emmanuel quickly winning when he may, he may not be the most deserving this year, but guess what? Who cares? Who cares? Who I for sure would not care. I would love to see Emmanuel quickly get that sixth man of the year, but more important, quick, sign the extension, please. New York, offer the extension, please. (laughs) That's all I care about right now. Put your name on the dotted line. We need four more years. If we can get five more years, I'll be through the roof. But quick, we need you, New York, brother. So to recap really quickly, we have XJ, who thinks that Tom Thibodeau will be culture of the year. Sean, who believes that the New York Knicks will win the Commissioner's Cup. I, I, who believe that the New York Knicks are going to host the first round of the playoffs. Whether that's a four seed or a one seed, they will be hosting. And then we have Sean with Tom Thibodeau being, this being his last year as a full, coaching a full season of New York Knicks basketball. I, standing on RJ Barrett entering that all-star discussion and XJ rounding it out with Emmanuel quickly winning his rightful 
rightful six man of the year award. Sean, you have any last thoughts for us? Uh, no last thoughts. Um, <clears throat> looking for I'll be in the I'll be in the garden next Wednesday night. Um, for the again the preseason game against the Celtics, it would be good to walk into the building again. The last time I was in that building was Game Five against Miami when uh, Brunson and Grimes played forty eight games and um had Grimes had that great play, which would have went and which would have went down in Nick's floor if if one other person had bothered to join, to get on the plane to go to Miami for game six, because God knows they would have won game seven. For sure. It was just Brunson and Scott Foster who showed up for us in game six. Nobody else came. <laughs> XJ, final thoughts, brother. Yeah, no, th- this was a great conversation. And uh, I, I think all the predictions that we had are, have a, have a reasonable, it's a good chance of coming true. I, the only thing I'm worried about is that I don't know. There's so much positivity around the Knicks, like and from all of us, and I don't know. It makes me, it makes yep. me anxious. <laughs> it, it makes me fearful. It's like I don't even have negative things to say. Like I'm trying to bring out the pessimistic XJ, and I don't have much in me right now. So that that makes me concerned. But other than that, yeah, I think I think these are these are great predictions. I can't wait to look back at them at the end of the year. Yeah, me too. Um, just a quick final thought, final ad. There's a lot of talk about expectations with the Knicks because we kept the same group together. There's continuity. I think we can go as far as winning the Atlantic division, maybe even get into a conference finals if everything breaks right. But I think what's most important about this is to remember that we are allowed to enjoy Knicks basketball. You are allowed to enjoy game 17. You are allowed to enjoy game 79. You're allowed to enjoy a first round playoff victory. You are allowed to enjoy your team being down 3-1 and winning a second game. You are allowed to enjoy your basketball team. I feel like in this day and age, we have a culture that it's championship or bust. It's championship or bust. And the, the fact is, this is an entertainment product. It's not a championship winning product. And the NBA is very entertaining. And allow yourself to be entertained. Allow yourself to enjoy Julius Randle hitting a game winner against Miami. Allow yourself to enjoy Emmanuel quickly skipping all over Boston Garden. Allow yourself to enjoy the R.J. Jake Barrett. Center. The TD Jake Center. I'm sorry. Allow yourself to enjoy R.J. Barrett coming down Broadway and dunking on Scotty Barnes in a regular season game because just like Tom Thibodeau and the New York Knicks were saying, it's one day at a time. Day by day. Step by step. And we at Knicks Film School and Casual Friday will be with you guys every step of the way enjoying and recapping this season as it goes along. So for myself, for Sean, for XJ, this is Casual Friday's first return to the episodes of Knicks Film School and we are back. We will be back every Friday. Well, I'm not sure about every Friday because Andrew may have some some machinations going on this season, but as long as we are here, We will be here to enjoy this ride with you guys. We will laugh together. We will cry together. Bad boys for life. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, you Spurs. Top of the league. 